Welcome to Coffee Break with K.A. and Dana. We're brought to you by the Lesbian Talk Show. I'm K.A., a lesbian romance author, and in my past life, a counselor and a social worker. And I'm Dana, an avid reader, coffee connoisseur, recovering alcoholic, and a graduate of the School of Hard Knocks. Grab a cup of coffee, pull up a chair, and join us for a meaningful conversation from a lesbian perspective. years, studies have shown that lesbians abuse alcohol at a higher rate than straight women. In our first episode, Dana and I will discuss the problem of alcoholism in our community. Why do we drink too much? And what's the solution? So, if we abuse alcohol uh, and drugs at a higher rate than straight women, there should be a ton of services out there for us. Are there? The services are starting to come back up because of the opioid addiction and problem. But as far as the, just that straight alcoholism, for some reason, the lesbians aren't seeking treatment. Not all of them. I mean, but the bulk of them don't seek treatment. So even if the services were available, I'm not sure that they would take them. Guessing that one reason they might not seek treatment is um, because there's a pretty good chance you'd be sitting down with a straight counselor who may or may not get you at all. Boy, that's the truth. Um, I've had a very hard time finding lesbians in my community with some time that um, are willing to help. It's not that they're not willing to help, but it's just there's such a low number of lesbians with any time in my community from my perspective that are that are out there for people. And when you're saying that, you're talking about like AA, like like Correct. women who who have enough sobriety that they can help somebody else. You're talking about them, right? So a lot of times, if a lesbian goes into a meeting, she's going to be the only lesbian there. I mean, that's just the way it is. When I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about it from the traditional counseling standpoint, because that's my background. Never been to an AA meeting, although um, I've learned some from you, I mean, over talking. But, but uh, I, I mean, it's a, a different kind of situation, but, but equally bad. I mean, all the, you know, so many therapists, if you wanted to go the traditional route for help, you're going to have a hard time, I think, finding... Um, either a straight therapist who really did get you and could help or um, a lesbian who really got you but had training. I mean, so either way you look, we're really on our own, aren't we, in many, in many respects. I was very fortunate when I first got sober to have a lesbian sponsor. And God bless her. I was not an easy, in the beginning, I was not easy, but she moved, she moved and I, then I moved and then I've had straight sponsors up until this last one that I've had now for about a year um, because there just wasn't any lesbians with time. But 23 years and in, I would think that was less important. Oh no. Oh no. It's not less important. 
it's probably more important because I still have my same alcoholic thing. And my first sponsor taught me first thought wrong because I can get a thought in my head and be just as sick as any newcomer that ever that I've ever worked with. Because I still think my brain has has been saturated with alcohol for so long because I still haven't been sober as long as I drank. So for me, I still get that sick thinking, and I also have the mean girls in my head that tell me things that aren't true, but because I think them, I believe them. The and what? those are the kind of things that I, the mean girls, the, the committee in my head that tell me things. That, and they've got a name? Mean girls. Wow. The mean girls it, tell me I'm not enough, or I'm it, broken, or I can't do something. Yeah, I think I think lots of folks have that little voice in their head, the little voice that often doesn't have a name that that tells them they're not good enough, that they're broken. I mean, for even those that don't have a, a drinking or addiction issue in our community, I think many of us hear that little recording that somehow we've we're defective in some way. Um, right. Just for being us. So I get that. But but so they actually have a name like like everybody else knows who you're talking about. If you say the mean girls have been doing their thing. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, kind of a funny story. When I was new in sobriety and they talked a lot because I'm a visual person, my sponsor would have me get a butter, di- a used butter dish, visualize putting my committee in the butter dish and I put it in the freezer, shut my committee or my bean girls up. So at one point, my ex came to me and asked, why are there a thousand butter dishes in our freezer? Well, that's my mean girl. <laughs> I don't have to put them in the freezer anymore, but they still talk it. to me. So so, so your your wife now doesn't have to, you know, push the hamburger over to make room for you. You've, you've figured out a new method? Yes. But God. she also, because we've been together long enough, almost 20 years, when I start talking to myself, she knows I'm having a discussion with the mean girls, and she'll just come by and tell them to shut up. And so, that for me, that's just a cue. That's another tool in my toolbox because she knows me so well that she just walks by and says to shut up. She's not meaning it towards me, but she's meaning it towards whoever I'm having the conversation in my head with. You know, that strikes me. Um, what What do you think? I mean, you've, you you enjoy a, a long-term fulfilling relationship. Not everybody's been lucky enough to have 20 years with someone that still suits them and that. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm not dealing with alcoholism, alcoholism or addiction, but I deal with other things and I enjoy, you know, a long-term relationship as well. So, I mean, that's important. What, if you hadn't had that, do you think it'd been a harder road? Is that an important piece to recovery, you think, having that kind of relationship? Um, yes and no. It's important to me, but I don't know if, addiction-wise, I don't know if it's, in, I, I don't know that it has any bearing. It's just one of those little tools that we've kind of gotten over the last few years. But those tools are out there if people are willing to come in and ask for help. 
Um, you know, I have many tools in my toolbox that doesn't that don't have anything to do with my wife. And you have to, I imagine. I, I mean, because otherwise, I mean, you'd be like depending on her for your health and sobriety and everything else. You can't. But but she I mean, I'm I can't help but think she wouldn't add a really positive um, tool to that box. I mean, to, to have a relationship, to have someone that knows you so well that isn't a drunk, that can support you and call you on stuff. I'm thinking that's, I mean, that's a good tool to have in your box that not everybody has. Sometimes it's a good tool, and sometimes she's very annoying. Like one time we went out with some friends, and she ordered a beer, a craft beer that was like $9, and she didn't like it, so she wasn't going to drink it. Now, to me, that's alcohol abuse. She was just going to leave it there to be thrown out. You know, leaving a drink on the table makes absolutely no sense to me, even at 22 years sober. That's it in a nutshell, isn't it? Those, that, that, really, that really is it. That, that's a definition of when. That's the, that's the difference between her and I. She can order a drink and not finish it. But if, you know, I imagine we've got some listeners who are who are wondering, you know, do I have a problem? I don't have a problem. Because I imagine there's that denial that you go through for a while before you finally admit it's an issue and try to get some help. So for those people who are wondering, I was just thinking of a an easy way to know. And that's that's one little easy way to know, isn't it? If you can leave, if you can leave the drink, and that's okay with you, but I, but I mean that that kind of suggests that's why you, you know you you're in recovery and you still and you still see yourself as an alcoholic and always will, and that's why the person who doesn't see themselves that way doesn't struggle with it, like your wife, can drink the beer. It doesn't taste good or whatever, and just leave it. Even if it didn't taste good, I would have drank it because I paid $9 for the damn thing. So we've talked about alcoholism and to a certain extent addiction, but we've not really talked about uh, where a person might go for information if they think they may have a problem or um, they're worried that someone they love might have a problem. There's some websites that you can go to to find out, you know, if you want to self-diagnose. You can go to the Alcoholics Anonymous website, which is aa.org, or you can go to the ncadd.org, and that's where you're going to find this, Am I an Alcoholic Self-Test? Either one of those, can, it'll just give you information, and with information, things can start to change. That's absolutely right. You can't go wrong with information. And in addition to the resources that Dana just discussed, um, you can also find help through your local hospital or mental health clinic. Um, the main thing is to consider your options and make a good decision for you. So if you have any hesitations about going into a meeting, just go. You will see everything from women dressed to the nines with their diamonds and their rings. And you'll also see women who just got out of prison that uh, got their uh, clothes at the Goodwill store. 
there's all type of people. You will not believe the people you will see when you sit in a meeting of, of Alcoholics Anonymous. Alcoholism doesn't just have one type. Alcoholism is an equal opportunity disease and will catch up to anybody. Okay, so we've we've talked about AA, but for those listeners who might not know what AA is all about and what it is, and um, I wonder if we shouldn't just give a little bit more information about the organization and, you know, what a meeting's like and, you know, just some basics and let you ramble just a minute. Well, we both know I'm good at rambling. Uh, so AA is, is founded uh, on the 12 steps and the 12 traditions, and they have meetings. Um, most places have quite a few meetings. I mean, depending on the size of the town, is depending on how, what the kind of meetings you're going to have. But there's two types of meetings. There's an open meeting where anybody can attend, and there's a closed meeting where only people with uh, alcoholism can attend. Um, there are men's meetings, there are women's meetings, there are gay and lesbian meetings. Okay. And and e- even if you're not alcoholic, I mean, even if you just want to know or you know someone that you think could benefit, but maybe they don't know so much about it, um, there are meetings that that person can go to too, so that they can understand what it's all about and and bring that information home. Absolutely. They can go to any open AA meeting. Just get on the internet, type in your town and AA meeting, and it'll come up and give you a schedule. And if you love somebody, whether it's a child, a parent, a spouse, go to an Al-Anon meeting, and you can also get information about that. Just type in your town name and Al-Anon, and it will give you information. Okay, so I just want to throw this out here because I think our listeners might be interested um, in a little bit of how we got together uh, to host this show and, and uh, you know, how we know each other. We became friends um, online um, basically when you became my my beta reader and one of the first um, projects that we worked on um, was a, a book that I wrote that that where we where I tried to touch on um, what it might be like for a character who was struggling with alcoholism and and to try to help that character find a path back to sobriety because um, she'd fallen off the wagon and and uh, that's Blue Ice Landing, and, and you baited for me on that and consulted. And, and in fact, the uh, secondary character in that novel, uh, the protagonist, AA sponsor, uh, was named in your honor. That's Dane. So we've come to the end of an episode, and it's time to do what we'll do at the end of each episode. Recommend a book and a movie. Recommending Blue Ice Landing. There'll be a link to the book on the website. And we're recommending two movies uh, this week because Dana couldn't make up her mind. 28 Days and Thanks for Sharing. You'll find a link to those as well. 
Also, at the end of each episode, we'll answer a question from one of our listeners. Uh, If you'd like to send us a question, you'll find a link to our email address on the website. So this week, we have a question from Sheena. Is addiction genetic? Like, are there genes that make it more likely for you to get addicted to something? Yes, I do believe that there is a genetic component to addiction. Uh, I know for me, and this is just my personal experience, my dad's side of the family, my grandfather drank, although I never saw him drunk. I've heard stories. But all three of my of his kids, which was my dad, my uncle, and my aunt, had issues with uh, alcohol at one time or another, and my father died from alcoholism. And on my mom's side, both of her parents were alcoholic. Now, my mom doesn't drink often. Uh, so I don't know I don't know why she can put it away and I couldn't. Um, but I believe I was a ticking time bomb for alcoholism until I found uh, alcohol around the age of nine. And then the bomb went off and the course was set. So the short answer, yes. You can have a genetic predisposition to develop an addiction. Uh, however, addiction is thought to be, and studies have confirmed this, only about 50% genetics and the other 50% coping skills. Okay, Dana, so one last piece of wisdom before we call it a day. There are many ways up the mountain, and if you think you have a problem and don't want to do AA, you can find other, other paths up the mountain. The only thing that matters is that we get to the top, and we get there together, and we learn how to be at peace with who we are. It's been a great show and a great discussion, and we have another great show in the shoot for next week. Next week, we'll be discussing spirituality in the lesbian community. You've been listening to Coffee Break with Kay and Dana, meaningful conversations from a lesbian perspective, brought to you by the Lesbian Talk Show. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and visit our website, www.coffeebreakwithkandina.com. Until next week, work hard, be kind to one another, and watch amazing things happen in your corner of the world.